Welcome into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. For the next hour, we are going national. Lots to discuss. We are on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And, of course, this hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. See what a good host I am, Sammy? I get all of that in. Kipper, you're very good at this. Very professional. Yeah, know. not really. It's Friday. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, if, and you were golfing hey. today. You're just, yeah, Kip golfed I, I today. Did. Yeah. I did. I snuck October out there. October 27th. Yeah. Not bad in Canada. I got the last one. I'm playing tomorrow morning. Are yeah. you? Yeah, 950. Don Valley here in Toronto. Got the last one to go. I'm hoping I go low and can go into the winter Kip with some went good out with 78. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to go low. Anyways. Tons to get into, and of course, uh, we'll drive it right into the ditch with uh, Doug McLean momentarily. Uh, I don't know how many books he's going to try to sell before we get one meaningful thing into this show. But Where we'll in the world find is out. Carmen Sandiego today? I, I think he's back in Florida Oh, because he sent out a, a text uh, from the beach, Okay, which he likes to every once in a while. He's pumping up his he's book. He's not shirtless in it, is he? Draft day. Uh, I don't know if it was him or he took a picture of somebody else. Okay. We'll find out for sure. But uh, we're going to get his thoughts on a, a ton of stuff, including the Heritage Classic Ooh. 20th anniversary from that original game back in 2003. Mm-hmm. November, I was there. First one ever. Froze my you-know-what off. Yeah. Yeah, it looks a little chilly. A little chilly. Yeah, how then, cold was it? I thought it was like February, and it's like, no, it's November 22nd. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not far off well, from where we are now. these days in the prairies, my, I've got family in Saskatchewan, and it's been snowing yeah, in minus snow. 10 or something like that. So I think some snow in Calgary, too. Why? Oh, that's just it's unfair. It's too early. I know, you know what, though? It's sunny all winter, at least. So do you, do you, remember, <laughs> do you remember that game? Yes, Kinda. I do. Kind of. Did you Kinda. watch it? Was remember, it must-watch television? Yes. I remember... This next Theodore, one is Theodore wearing the the two yes. guns yes. helmet. I remember that well, but I don't remember a ton from the game. Extremely cool. See, um, that one that that was the real first launch of. I don't know how, how many think we've had since then. Six hundred nine. <laughs> <laughs> my guess was oh my gosh, three hundred eighty-five. It feels like it. Yeah, it does feel like well, it. There's some years we've been having six, right? But, like. Correct me if I'm wrong, and you're a college guy and college smart. Ish. It, it, <laughs> uh, it, there, there was the Michigan and the Michigan State outdoor game. Yes. Right? Yeah, and the big house. That gave, that gave the NHL all the, the ideas. Yeah. At 104, 106. Well, there was a lot of humans. A lot of humans yeah. at that game. Yeah. And it was such an amazing spectacle. And for a college the, game, and the NHL said, okay, what are we, nuts? Why don't we do that? How about the first winter classic with the snow falling in Buffalo yes. and Crosby with their yeah. shootout winner? Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, covered some, that one as well. Did you? There's I, some cool returns in the early outdoor I think games. I've covered at least 10, 15 of these games. Really? I've been yeah. to one. I went one to Philadelphia. Yeah. Have you been to one? I've been to two. I, was, I worked at the one they had in Hamilton a couple years ago. Yeah. Is that last year? All I know is remember you getting a sick jacket out. <laughs> and we're on national television. And um, I went to the one here against the Red Wings where they blew it. They were up 4-1 oh, Matthews, with, like, with like six minutes left in the game. And they blew it. And then Matthew scored the overtime winner, which was really great. It was fun. I think 
for the community you're in. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's you get to get up dressed so up. So what you're saying is no one else across the country or in North America care about it anymore. It's the community now. They should I, care about this next one. I think this Calgary Edmonton game well, is ju- massive. Ju- just for the two points. Well, yeah, like in the NHL standings, the direction they're going, how desperately they both need to win. They should agree to not score and get their point each, go to overtime, I think and then are, play for the extra I one. I think things are so bad that they should just get together before the game and say, listen, there's as many as three points on the table. Yeah. Let's just each take one and a half now. Yeah. Do a split. Call it Completely good. split. Right. And that's particularly if Connor's not playing. Maybe one Edmonton will play if No if official announcement. So you he's, were, he's been in a hyperbaric chamber ever since You uh, were kind of correct, I think, last week, or was it you that said they're not going to give you any McDavid update until maybe, what, day of? So you're, you're not completely crushed. Right. You're, you're, you're just crushed, you know, an hour before puck drop. <laughs> they, they can't. He's going to play. They're going to wheel him out there if they have to in a wheelbarrow. He'll be on the ice for the oils <laughs> yeah, maybe. that night. You still calling it, Sammy? McDavid to play? I my I'll stick with my original thought. He should absolutely not, and he absolutely will. Yeah. That is my final my final uh, synopsis. Is there anything lost in this game because they're struggling so badly? Like uh, to your point, yeah. it's still two teams that hate each other. It's two points that mean a lot. Two teams with playoff aspirations. How how can there not be great energy in this game? I couldn't agree more. You know, the only reason I would answer that question with anything other than there will be is because how could there not be great energy from either of them last night when there was absolutely not great energy? You know, there was pretty listless performances from two teams who needed wins badly. Watch the second half of the second period and the third period for the Oilers and there was just not a lot of not a lot of push there. No, now they're 1-5 and 1. Booze, it's not pretty. Yeah, they're getting booed at home. 1-5 yeah. and 1, like it's not like they're not not going to make the playoffs because of a poor start or whatever. But boy, you win 5 straight and you're 6 and 5. Like they're they're in a pretty deep pit here. Can't go deeper. All right, let's get into that and plenty of more with our next guest, Doug McLean, author. Uh, best-selling author yet? Is that official? Yeah, like, you know, the, uh, James Patterson, he looks at it yearly as bestseller. I go week to week, so I'm a bestseller three weeks in a row. I don't know what more I can say. Okay. No, not leave it there then. Nothing, nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, we saw. No, I've thanks for coming good, on. I've had some good comments. You know, I, I've had some good comments. I've had some former staffers that are very pleased with what they read because what they did is just went to the index and saw where their names were and read what I said about them, and that calmed their nerves down. I've had guys that work for me that have been uptight for two years about this book coming out. (laughs) (laughs) I just talked to Don Boyd, my chief scout. He's uh, driving from medicine hat, medicine hat uh, to uh, Calgary. And he was telling me the draft story about he and I and Rick Walmsley were in a car, a transport truck went by and, and blew us into the ditch. 
And I made Wommer get out and shovel the snow around the muffler so we wouldn't die. <laughs> and all Wommer, all Wommer was worried about was getting to the McDonald's in Medicine Hat, you know. So, so that's he, scouting. So here we are uh, going into a, a Heritage Classic on Sunday with two teams that. Uh, their respective markets are thinking it's the end of the world here. What is going on with our, our team that should be competing for a Stanley cup? Like where would, where would the the importance of trying to enjoy this weekend be um, knowing that these these two teams are so desperate to turn things around here. Like, would this be a pain in their ass this Sunday game? The good thing is one of them are going to win the game. That, that's a positive. So they're going into it knowing there's a 50% chance they're going to get a win. And that's really important for both teams. Look, these these outdoor games, like as I told you, I remember we were on the show years ago and somebody said, are you excited about the outdoor game? I said, I don't even want to go to an indoor game, <laughs> let alone an outdoor game. So, so really, what, you know, I guarantee you Coach Woodcroft and Coach Luska are not there. This is so far from their stratosphere. It's unbelievable. They just want to win, and they want to win really bad. The players will enjoy it. The players always enjoy things for the most part. Unless the coach calls you soft. And then, you know, which seems to be going on a lot in the NHL today. But overall, I, I think they'll all enjoy it. They'll look back as a great memory, but they're so desperate for wins that that's the number one thing. So, Doug, your new book, excuse me for skipping around topics a little bit, but I wanted to get back to the book and the idea of draft day uh, because the NHL just uh, decentralized its draft, which means you're not going to have everyone on the floor in the same building which is very different from the way it has been during all of the drafts that you wrote about it. What are your thoughts on that change, how it'll affect things? You like it, don't like it? I thought it was going to come, you know, when I heard some of the GMs talk about it uh, this past draft, especially, you know, Stevie Y was fairly vocal about it. A lot of guys were. My, my only issue with it is I always thought the draft was a great thing for the fans and a great thing for the city where it was being held. I mean, in Montreal uh, last year, it was electrifying when we were there, you know, at the draft. It just, it made it, you know, the city was special. It had a great history. I always, even in Columbus, when we had the draft, it was a special time for the fan base and for the city. So that's the one thing. I mean, look, the NBA and NFL have been successful the way they've structured it. You know, with people working out of a central area, I I like it the way it is. I thought we were a little different from the other teams, but let's just be the same as everybody else. <laughs> let's just do it like everybody else does. You know, seriously, All give right. me a break. I got a little sarcasm there. Yeah, I liked it. A little, just, just a, a, a little. little. Um, yeah, is 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 the budget a big deal? For for clubs now, I, I know. I mean, you, you hear some of the losses. Uh, what was your budget like? Sometimes I went to the draft mac and I look at the table and I'm like, who are those people? Like I get you know, their I, scouts. The- I get their scouts, and you maybe want to reward a few, right, by buying them a nice dinner at the draft. But like, how much does it cost? Like, what was your budgets 
in, in your in your draft years that you spent well, on, on a weekend like that? You know, I, I I think I had in the book it was somewhere between two you know two hundred thousand dollars in that range. I didn't count Mr. McConnell's massages, you know, because he, he used to have a, a lot of massages. My my uh, director of uh, my director of team services came to me and said, "Mac, Mac, I'm busy just booking massages for Mr. McConnell." Oh my god! <laughs> so anyway, other than that, I mean, I mean, look, it, look, you take your whole staff out for dinner at a great restaurant in Montreal, it's thirty five hundred dollars. I mean, come on, in a $100 million budget, like, it's peanuts. You stay in a hotel, you know, 20 rooms for five nights. Come on, it, it's it's peanuts compared to the overall $100 million budget, $125, $135 million a year budget you're operating on. It's it's a small, it's, it's not about that. The GMs want to be able to work in their own environment, and with their own staff, they want their war rooms to be in their offices. That's the whole gist of it for me. That's what they want. So they're going to get it. I love, you know, going into a hotel, setting up your war room, two suites combined. You know, you'd be there till nine o'clock at night. You'd be there at seven in the morning. It, the staff were together. There was all kinds of trade talk coming in. You know, it, it was just a great time. Uh, I loved it. Well, but, Obviously, these are crucial days for these Canadian teams as they build towards something. And the Oilers have built a lot through the draft. The Senators built a lot through the draft. Kind of having some rough starts here for these Canadian teams that we're keeping an eye on. What would these teams be going through, you know, when it's not going well in the initial going? And they really expect to be not just playoff bound, but better. One, five and one for the Oilers. You know, the Sens still kind of ticking along at three and four. You know, what would things be like in their coaches' offices and management rooms right now? Really bad. I mean, look, uh, and it shouldn't, it, it, it's unfortunate. And I, and I, certain people, I had the luxury of working with Brian Murray for 10 or 12 years. And you know what? Brian was a very, solid guy. I mean, he, he, he got upset at times, but he always maintained great composure in front of his players, unless he lost at the odd time, which Kippy could attest to. But I, I think it's a really important time for coaches. I think a Woodcroft in, uh, in the Oilers and, and Ryan Aluska, young coaches, DJ Smith, I mean, limited experience coaches. To me, it's just boys. They have to understand. It's not the system that's cost. Media love to say, oh, the system is what's wrong with the Oilers. Oh, the system's what's wrong with Ottawa. Oh, it's the system. Oh, it's the box plus one. It's all BS. It's like the Rangers last year and Drury with all his BS about Jordan not adjusting on the bench. Okay? Think about what got you to the NHL as a coach. Why did you get there? What did you do to get there? It's talking to your players, believing in your players. It's it's all those things that come up. When things are tough, you can't have a coach go hide. That's when the coach has got to step to the forefront and take charge of the group and and build, build the positiveness within the group. And I, I feel sorry for some of these guys what I'm watching and what I'm listening to because they're all good coaches. They wouldn't be there in the first place. And I'm reading all of this. Like, 
There's a difference if your system's not good, if your guy won't compete in front of the net, or he won't compete in the corner, or he won't forecheck, or he doesn't pick up his man. That's not the system. That's the player's head, not in it. And you've got to get your player's heads in the game. And that's their big job right now. So we got seven NHL coaches across the country right now. And if if you had to pick one that's probably gotten to his players more so than anyone, would you say that it would be Rick Tockett in Vancouver based on what you just said? I I think, I think Rick is a guy that's been in the trenches. He hasn't had great success as a coach. He's been with bad teams in fairness to Rick. He's been with bad teams. He's got some real talent there. He had to send a message. There's nothing wrong with sending a message to your team if it's factual, it, they, they don't want they don't want frauds in front of them, Nick. They want the truth, and they want it being consistent and factual. Rick Tockett spoke to his team after a game where they didn't compete. They didn't compete in that game, and you know what? I think he got a message. He got the message through to them, and I think that's that's important. But. It, you know, it's not belittling them. It's you sometimes you you know certain guys you got to build up, certain guys you got to hammer. Certain it's it's a whole, it, it's 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 dealing with the group, and and belittling them is not the way to go. So Huska some last guys night. Can belittle, some guys can belittle and make a guy feel good, but I remember you know I, is it good? I I made players cry in, in my office. Made me feel terrible. You've made a, you know, they were uptight. You've made you know? a lot of people at Sportsnet cry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a bit of a crier myself. You know? <laughs> I cried when I left Sportsnet. I mean, I couldn't stop the tears from back. Coming, but <laughs> Huska, Huska basically came out and said we sucked last night uh, with their uh, shutout loss, and said there's wor- work uh, ethic issues. Like, where does he go? Like, what do you do when, when you publicly acknowledge that your team's not working hard enough? There, there's only one way to go. Like, when you're an NHL coach, with the way the contracts are today, with the way the waiver rules are, with the way all the rules are with respect to your team and who you have to work with, you have only one thing. And it really hasn't changed in 20 years. It's called ice or no ice. That's what it's called. No ice means you're not going to play. It's like if you take a star and he misses one power play, that gets the message through. If you have a fourth liner and he misses a period, that gets the message through. You've got to get the message through however it can be affected. If you sit, if Connor McDavid misses a shift or Ubido misses a shift on the power play. What do you think he's thinking? He's getting the message. He's not working hard yeah. enough for one thing, you know? Yeah. So that's all you have is ice or no ice. So, and use it to your best advantage. So all this is about managing people or players minds, right? Like in where they are at mentally, Luke Fox has had an article on Ilya Samsonov, whose mind does not sound like it's in a great place. He's not real pleased with himself. He's down on himself. What does a team do with a guy like that who you want to give Wool some run here, but the guy that you're paying more and expecting more from is already 
counting himself in his season is a failure here. One of the highlights of, of my coaching career was when I had an opportunity or even as a general manager to talk one-on-one with a player in your office and, and, and be a human being to them and, and understand what they're going through and try to help them work their way through it. I've had all kinds of players come into my office and tell me there's X factors going on in their life and you try to work through it. It's, there's, there's got to be a humanistic approach with some of these guys. And don't just always turn them over to the sports psychologist or turn them over to the skill coach or turn them over to the assistant coach. Sometimes the head coach has got to be the guy to calm the situation down and get the guy's head refocused. Head coaches, where the hell are they? All I, I see them on the bench during the games. They have enough trouble managing their staff, let alone managing their players. Wow. Now I sound like an old-timer. You're on fire today. Oh, that's good stuff. No, hey. I just, look, I love I love watching coaches, and I look at Woodcroft and Talk and Aluska and DJ and Rick Bonus and Sheldon and St. Louis. I mean, they're all good quality people, and, you know, half, three-quarters of their teams are struggling, and it, it, and I read systems or letting them down. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Humanistic approach. Talk to your players. Work with your players. Spend time with your players. Motivate your players. And if they won't do it, then don't give them any ice time. Simple as that. Yeah, well, I look at Calgary, and you're at you're at the mercy of your highest paid guys to produce. Kadri has all but one assist. Jonathan Huberto is not. Scoring at the rate people want expect for ten and a half million. Um, how do you, how do you get your stars going, Mac? Well, you know what you've you've got to make sure that they're playing with the right people. You got to make sure they're in the right situation. You got to make sure your matchups are solid. You got to be a hundred percent prepared for all that. But again, I still think it's making sure their heads are ready to play. And I think it's the coach's number one job to make sure that his players' heads are in the right frame of mind to go into the battle. It's tough out there. I admire what the players go through. I've always admired, like, the one of the biggest uh, things that was ever said about me was a coach was said about, Greg Millen said to me when I was in St. Louis. He said, you know, for a college guy, you remind me of a guy that played pro the way you coach. And I thought, oh, that really, I really feel good about that. You know, I really feel good that you like, you're like a player's coach versus a college guy. So I think it's all about communication. And, and if guys don't come around, then you've got to take their ice and go with the guys that are going to play the hardest. Because if you don't, you lose credibility in your room. I mean, when you got your job here at Sportsnet, I pumped you up when you went on air. I, I did what Greg Millen did. Told you that, you know, you reminded me of, I don't know, a, a weather guy No, that's or something. not true. That's not true. Hillary, the makeup artist, yep. and Deb, Deb Berman pumped me up the most because they made me look great. <laughs> as the Tin Man. <laughs> it's Halloween. Hey. <laughs> JB won't dress up with me on a show. Will you come back and be a Tin Man again? 
<laughs> no, I'll only go back for Kiss. <laughs> Kiss. Gene Simmons. Don't even think about sticking your tongue out, all right? I, I know. Okay. Oh, my daughter saw that picture. She said, Dad, that's not good. That's not good, Dad. <laughs> all right. That's not a good look, Dad. Listen, we, uh, we wanted you to... Take it right into the ditch on, on today's show, and, and you did that. Appreciate we really that. appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Mac. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's, a, it's right. a real treat to leave the beach and come up here and spend some time yeah, with yeah, you guys. Yeah, you got pickleball uh, right after this? No, I, I did beach and a little pickleball. We just did a pickleball practice today. Yeah. Practice. We, we can see your warm-up jacket. <laughs> we used the box plus one in, in pickleball. <laughs> All right, everybody. Doug McLean, former president, general manager, and now author of Draft Day, how teams pick winners or get left behind. Pick it up or else he's coming after you. Yeah. Uh, what, what guest today? Oh, What guest? Heat. Whew. Anything uh, stand out? I love what he said about coaches. Yeah, you know what yeah, kind of stood out to me is the idea that everything has been, like, cordoned off into these silos. Okay, the goalie coach does the goalie, mm-hmm. and the strength, and whatever, the strength guy does the lifting, and the nutrition guy, and then you've got the psychologist, and it's like, what is the coach coaching? Yeah. You know what? Listen, I've run a practice. I, I've, yeah. I've been to a f- few different practices the last couple of years. I'm, I'm watching more coaches than players on the ice. I know. It's and crazy. Like, what Especially is that? The four like performance eight, centers. Eight, eight coaches. coaches. Yeah. As many as eight coaches sometimes on the ice. I'm like, like, seriously. Well, and I've been in the Leafs organization when all these coaches kind of come around and they're a part of the skills team. And it's always kind of awkward. It's like, are they on the staff? Do we, how do we treat everyone who's sort of tangentially around what we're doing here? I also like what Max said just about the systems and like, Dumbo's like me blaming Keith for stuff. And like at the end of the day, it comes down to your overrated. forty million dollar players shooting but at the, puck the same in the net time. time. Yeah. At the same time, like hey, the, the the Leafs is a prime example for me. Uh, changing the energy, okay. The the stretch pass and the icings, yeah. The that part of the system gets old. Yeah, you don't like to break out, fly the zone, send it and tip it, or don't tip it and Just, ice it. I don't know where they are on icings. Just sometimes oh, they got to be high. They got to be high. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, Gio, Gio, Gio's trying to. He got the shot block record last year. He's going for the icing record this year. <laughs> um, all right, it's game time. Presented by Bet Three Six Five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Must be nineteen plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, this one's gonna really make our Western Canada fans happy. Oh, I'm looking at. Uh, the Vesna Trophy favorites. Okay. Ilya Sorokin, UC Saros, Igor Shesterkin are the top three. How far down the list do you think you have to go to get to Joseph Wall on Bet365? Uh, 35th. <laughs> no. 18. So the net, it goes Connor Hellebuck, Jake Ottinger, and then it falls off a little bit with Gorgiev at 12 to 1, Linus Allmark, Philip Gustafson, Carter Hart. Jeremy Swayman, and then Justin, or so then uh, uh, Joseph Wall at 22 to 1. That's pretty high up there, what, boy. What, what number? 22 to 1. No, but uh, like the, he's the eighth goalie? Uh, let me see here. He is one, two, three. He's the 11th goalie. 11th. Yeah. That's really Wait, high. Three games this year? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's the most Toronto thing I've ever heard. Well, I saw it. I, I, had, I looked at it. It is. Like, yeah. and we're doing the show from Toronto. We know everybody's watching out west. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying this to We didn't them. do that. It's it's such a BS Toronto thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, you're pandering. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm not. I'm first hour, he's like, it's, he's the best. No way. This is this is this is no different than selling magazines. And you know, I know a few people at the Hockey News. We know the Hockey News has been the the Bible oh, yeah. for oh, how many years? Forty years? Yes. Fifty years? Yeah, I was the Bible. I had a subscription for my whole. You know what youth. they say when. Things are running a little low, or they need a, a boost. Mm. Yeah, put a Toronto Maple Leaf on the cover. Yeah, it sells like twenty, thirty percent more than anything else. Yeah, I think in this case, it's the books basically being like, we know these Dumbo's will bet anything, <laughs> and so we'll and give them a bad the, number. The most Dumbo's are in Toronto. <laughs> he's, a, he's a head of Thatcher Demko. I might add. That's awful. Okay, that's, that's that's awful. Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's bookmaking. It's not. Someone giving yeah. you projected chances. I do yes. like I, I do like Ottinger at nine to one. Yeah, that's a good bet. Yeah, no, it's Demko, not bad. Why would why wouldn't one. Dallas play him? Yeah, it's weird. Last night, it's weird. That's an overthink. And Toronto is they're one of the favorite teams in the East. It's a good yeah. ma- mark uh, matchup, yeah. marquee matchup. I, I don't understand the decision to go to their backup goalie. Nope, don't know Wedgwood, and he wasn't bad. It's fine. But yep. don't fault him. I think it's a bit of an overthink. You know, yeah. you're, you're playing against a Western Conference team in the second half of back-to-back. Maybe think that's more valuable or whatever. But maybe just play the... Get your points. Yeah, in the first <laughs> game. Don't worry about who you're playing. All right. And the second thing I have here quickly is another 6 p.m. puck drop uh, tonight with the... It's in Vegas, 6 p.m., so a 3 p.m. puck drop there. I'm not sure what the relevance of that is. I don't know if there's a big show at the Sphere tonight. I'm not sure, but... Uh, like the Golden Knights, why would you not? I mean, they're, what are they, 10-0, 15-0 already. Right. Uh, minus goal and a half, Jack Eichel to score a goal, and Connor Bedard to score a goal, who's after a slow start, 11-1 to on the same game parlay. And that was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary to bet 365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. How, how big is that sphere in Vegas? Can you put a rink in there? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, have you seen? It seems the, very and large. The, and then what? Then a then a shot like breaks. Like, yeah, probably not a great a, a place crystal for and uh, the whole thing. Yeah. Just well, they want to have the draft there. They want to have they. Uh, what's the guy from the UFC's name? I always forget his name. Dana White. Dana, Dana White. White. He's been all over them to have a thing there. Like everybody that goes there comes away from it being like that's the most amazing thing. I I need to go there. Sammy's planning a trip. Yeah, I want to go to I want to go to Vegas. Do I really want to go. Real Kipper and Bourne show from there. I think we from should. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and then they'll put the yeah they'll they'll put your face on the outside, and it's just like looking around, Kipper. I can see that. <laughs> no, 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 bad idea, bad <laughs> okay, idea. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna take a quick break. Hey, tell people to text us. We're gonna read some texts coming up here. So five ninety five ninety. Text in your thoughts, your takes, your questions. Let's we do want it. your texts right. and thoughts. Yeah, you heard my producer on the NHL. Get the texts in. Yep. And after the break, we'll uh, keep the theme going here in Canada and talk maybe a little Ottawa Senators. Mm. Sammy pumped him up a week and a half ago, and now he's writing them off. No, no, I'm not jumping ship. I still think they're good. All right. in there. We'll get into that more. Still plenty to go on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Kiprios, Dustin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Down the stretch we come on the Rail Kipper and Bourne Show on this Friday off the rails Friday. I don't know. Sammy, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, you, don't, you want to talk about the stands before we get to text? Okay, I will because I'm the host and that's what I'm supposed to do. Ah, you don't have to. I'm just. No, I'm good. We should. DJ Smith announces Thomas Shabbat out. Four to six weeks. Ugh. Fractured hand. Off a shot block. Brandstrom, who got pasted. Smoked. Smoked. Is out. And Zub is out. Like Their top right-hand D is Travis Hamanick at this point. So that's concerning if you're the Sens who have had a couple of tough losses in a row. Kind of looking to rally. Yeah. Now... Of course, we know new ownership there in, in Michael and Lauer. And I think the sense was that you don't come in and make many changes, mm-hmm. which he hasn't, but he had it. He added uh, Steos, Steven Steos, we know. Yeah. And like we've heard for two years that this team's supposed to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. according to Pierre Dorian. Like if. If it doesn't shift back anytime soon, would you see a change coming here or there or there? Well, you know, I don't claim to be an insider on this sort of stuff, but... Your gut. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Pinto thing happened, you know, later in the summer, but they still had failed to get him signed earlier, which I think, you know, it's still a failure to get him signed, which is still a problem. They are spinning their wheels now. I think there's some people in that market who are ready. There's so many positive, fresh starts going on there, right? They get the new owner. You know, they're they're really turning the corner with some of these young stars coming around. It just feels like they kind of, it's the next shoe to drop with that organization. And if they start to lose a little bit here down the stretch, Ann Lauer may be a guy. Was it Peter Chiarelli's an Ottawa guy? You see that rumor on Twitter? Oh. Sends talk is one of the guys who had uh, predicted Ann or reported Ann Lauer getting the team is saying that eventually it'll be Shirelli there. Really? Yeah. I've not heard that and one. That's a complete Twitter rumor, you know, but that's, that's their, fine there. Yeah. But that's where conversations yeah. around the Ottawa senators are. And I think yeah. people there, you think Stales stays in that president of hockey ops or would he, if they wanted to make a major change and, and get rid of Pierre Dorian, he slides down into a general manager's day-to-day operations or does he stay protected? Yeah, Which, that's a great question. I mean, that's that's the term everybody uses, right? I mean, protected. well, protected. It means that you know there's a, a buffer. Yeah, got to have a buffer. <laughs> it's like a sign. <laughs> I'd say the buffer. You need a buffer. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, they need to win some hockey games, and I think if you're Pierre Dorian, you're probably really rooting for success over the next stretch here. Certainly enough talent there to to win games. Which also, by the way, puts heat on the coach when there's enough talent there to win games. All right. Uh, Sveshnikov coming back to Carolina. And they need him. Yeah. They're probably the most, well, no, I was going to say most disappointing team so far this year. That's the Oilers. But Carolina defensively a mess and, you know, just what is their record? They're three and four right now. It's not uh, not been good enough. So they're badly in need of him. It's good. And uh, Orlov. Looks like he's on the third pair. Like, uh, well, and he minus was minus eleven. He was seven games like, in. 
incredible in, in Boston during that yeah. run. I'm hesitant didn't, didn't to say end, this. It didn't end well, but yeah. it was good enough for him to get a $7.5 million contract, albeit just for two years. But yeah. he is – something's wrong there. Something's not right. Is it uh, – is he not picking up Rod Brindamore's system? Well, this dare thing I is, say I'm, I'm, hesitant, I'm hesitant to say this after Doug's yes. l- sermon he just <laughs> yeah, gave us yeah, yeah. about this. Doug, but close your ears. It's the system he's not picking Washington up. Washington played a zone defense, which is handing guys off and not as much skating. Boston, pretty notorious for having played a zone with a, a lot of success. A lot of the league changed based on that. Brindamore has good D-men, and they play man-on-man. Chase your guys around, be a better defender than that guy is at offense. So for Orlov, it's a different amount of skating. Not saying that's why. I'm not saying I don't know. But it is a different system for a guy who's had success playing the other way. That's all I know. Not saying what's Doug's expression. Not telling you what I know or telling you what I heard or yeah. something. That's all I'm doing, telling you what I heard. That's uh, good. Okay. Few texts. You're here. Few texts. What do you got? If you were Ken Holland, what would you do with Connor Brown heading into game 10 in a $3.225 million bonus to be paid with having him having no points in a minus player? The bonus impacts next year's cap. Love the guy, but wow, what a tough decision. Uh, no, not a tough decision. You made a commitment to Connor Brown. He's coming off major surgery last year. You, you're in. You're in with Connor. And, He's not going anywhere. And imagine looking at your team that's 1-5-1 and one and saying, what if we had one less useful player? Like, you just can't do that. I don't know how they would even... You gotta find a way to get him going. Give him a chance. And Sammy, like, he had lots of looks in the last game. Yeah, he, yeah, he had some chances in the third. Yeah. There's some signs it's coming for him a little bit. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Jeff Jackson, who's the president now of Hockey oh, Ops, about that. was uh, his, his rep, his agent, yeah. his rep. Like, Connor Brown's not going anywhere. Like, Connor Brown, get 20 or 30 games under his belt before you judge him because he is coming off a major surgery. And he's one of those guys, like, you want to have him on your team in playoffs, down the stretch. He's a, he cares. Yeah. Hey, do we have a, uh, an Edmonton Oiler clip off of last we, night? We have a million, but well, do you want we, to play him? It was uh, a very boring move to ask Sam to get us a whole bunch of clips. We, and call we, for none Zach of them. Hyman. I want to hear from Zach Hyman. Okay. So are we going to do, you want to do that right now? Yeah. Okay, Dutchie. <laughs> Dutchie, on your toes. team. We scored zero goals today. You know? Like, the, you we blame, you know, a lot of the blames on our D zone, our defensive system, our, our defense. We didn't score anything today, you know. See, he's buying into the Doug McLean. Can I tell you the only place I've seen anyone write anything about Edmonton's system? Like, I think Elliot mentioned it in 32 Thoughts once. Like, everyone reads that article, huh? <laughs> like, that's all these, everyone's talking about our system. It's like, no, it happened once in one place, <laughs> and everyone's reading it. Uh-huh. Which, kudos to Elliot. And by the way... I am working on something next week on Edmonton System, so it's in the hopper. It's coming. All right. Follow up. Did you uh, do you okay with? Do you want some more of these clips, or do you want to just keep doing text? Uh, just one last thought on Edmonton is that I, I thought for sure that they were going to get this bump. I expected them better without Connor McDavid. Better? Yeah. Better. No, the, I did. The, the, I did. It happens. The no passengers. We got to pick it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, over the years in Maybe Pittsburgh. Sid out, Malkin steps up. Okay, that's if we go back to history in Pittsburgh. Yep, it's pretty well documented. The year Connor's out, Leon wins the Hart Trophy. They've done it in Edmonton before. Yeah, and guess what? Leon's got to do it again. Yeah, this is 
Leon now, who it could be argued he might be the second best player in the world. Yeah, I'm here for I'm here for that debate. I I mean, Kale McCarr. Is, I don't think Nathan he McKinnon is. McKinnon is yeah, a no, much stop better it, hockey player. Stop Sorry, it. You're right, you're right, you're right. I didn't make that comment Jack Hughes, to get into this. Who's better than Austin Matthews? Maybe better can, than Can him. you shut the pie hole for a second? <laughs> okay. It's not why I said it. Yes. I'm just saying that that's, he's that good. Yeah, he's and the good. numbers are great. And mm-hmm. the he's numbers. He's a small cluster of elite He's guys in that window there. that says, Connor out. Leon, step up. 100%. And I did not like the body language last night. He's upset all the time. Well, upset that's, that, all the but time. That's a general thing. Even when things are going well, he's just that's what I mean. grumpy Gus. Like, why are you so I like pissed? Just, Can I tell you something? I hated playing with guys who are happy all the time. Have you seen those commercials? He's on on the dock with Mitch Marner and Chris Pronger. I have. He looks pissed off in that commercial. I'd he be just, pissed off. Remember I told you I don't like playing dress up? Imagine you asked me to do oh that commercial. God, the things that those guys I'd are wearing like, in that I'm, commercial. I'm, I'm like, boys, I hope it was a big check. Now, keep in, I was going to say, keep in mind, there's a number. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't blame him. And for uh, Leon, there was probably a number. So you're telling me next week in, or for Halloween, I, I just need to hit a number? Show me with the check and, and I'm in. you're... I'm tin man, up. pal. Tin man. So you didn't even tell me this. You didn't even give me the option <laughs> to pay yeah. you off. Um, speaking of odds, I love this question. If Toronto had a second team, what would be the odds they would win the cup before the Leafs? 100%. 100%. They definitely would. Oh. I mean, it's just the way it goes for the Leafs. It just feels like that. I don't want to call them cursed, but... I think there's a... I think there's a possibility down the road, but it's going to take a while. It's the only place on the planet you could have two NHL teams. I mean, it does feel like an underserved market here. It does feel like you could quite easily do it. The women won, right? The Toronto Six, they won a a title. Soon to be the Toronto Torch, I think. Yeah, it was a completely different thing, but that's not the best team name. Um, What's got going on here? Uh, Straight up overall performance, Mitch Marner or William Nylander? Your opinions. This season? Yeah. Willie. Yeah. Willie's been the more dynamic player. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's what's he got 11 points or something like that to Mitch's six, and they're both offensive guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for you on that. Anything else? No. It's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Uh, True Living really deserves a ton of credit for going to arbitration with Samsonov and only doing one year. Discuss. Great show from Steve. Thanks, Steve. I like that prompt. Okay, let me ask you a question because I wrote in a Toronto article, please go to my Twitter account, my ex account, about uh, a goalie controversy. Do you need a, one goalie to be making like X amount, like say five or six million dollars, and be on a long term deal to have a controversy? Can Samsonov? be in a controversy with Joseph Wall right now on this one-year deal that uh, uh, the guy that sent Steve, uh, Steve mentioned. I would say uh, you can have a controversy. He was the starter going into the year. Wall, the presumed backup, he was guy with more money and kind of seemed like he was playing for that next deal. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I'm with you. I'm backing you up I'm on with this you. one. No, thank you. I appreciate that. 
Remember, I, remember, I, I yeah, could have used a more more of it yesterday, <laughs> but that's were, okay. People were quibbling over the language of controversy when it's a goalie. Okay, let me fight. Uh, uh, let's, let's give some love to our uh, Luke Fox, who's got an article on Sportsnet.ca, and yes, he's talking about Samsonov, and One basically it's talking about uh, Samsonov uh, having some some battles right now, yeah. right? Yeah, talking about He's, the mental health aspect okay, of the game. Okay, did you read it? I didn't read it. I It was between breaks. I okay. skimmed it enough to know that he says that I don't feel good. I feel like S-word and that it's doesn't want his family to see him like this. And he's been working, talking with Curtis Sanford and trying to work his way mm. through it. Okay. Can I ask you this? Please. He's starting Saturday. Yeah. Is that... Based on this new information and how he feels and the place he is mentally, mm-hmm. is that a good idea to start him Saturday? Well, it gives him the opportunity to get out of the hole he's in. Did we ever did yeah, we do the clip? You know what else it does? You know what else it does? It gives him the opportunity to dig the hole deeper. So you think protect him from himself? I don't know what the right answer is. I'm just a host. In a... <laughs> In a league where you are trying to accumulate as many points as possible, you have one guy with a atrocious mental condition and one guy who's on top of the world and looks fantastic. Yeah, are, it is a choice. It, you know, to if not is the go team back to wall. putting him in a position of strength or weakness? I, I think you got to give a guy a chance to play his way out of it. I play. don't. I'm not debating that. Yeah. I'm not even questioning that. But don't you have to? be in a a good space mentally to give yourself that opportunity yeah. and are they putting him in that place we talked about them it's, having 40 staff it's members game eight it's so true if this is too much right now you're in real trouble no like, and you can't be like we got to keep going to wall he's at a he's never played however many games it's game eight you need Samsonov. he's not starting every game yeah it's not Belfour going 70 games. Quick hook. You start with the uh, Oscars music playing from the bench and the hook, the sheep hook, ready to give it a tug if you need. Um, yeah, if it's going bad, like, oh, man, pulling him again? Yeah. I don't know. I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm from the Leafs, that article, maybe, maybe they knew about it, maybe they don't know about it, but... I'm that, guessing that, they know he feels like you, you got to... We gotta. You gotta make sure you put your athletes in a in a position of strength and to to do well. That's all, and that's. I'm just thinking about him. Yes. And there's two sides of it. Yes, you're right. He can have a great game. He could dig himself out of this, or it could it could make him feel worse. Yes. Um. There's a Sheldon Keefe quote. Um. He says it's early. Let's relax. This is a really good goalie that carried us uh, through some tough times last year and had a career year. So let's let it breathe. Tomorrow's another opportunity for him to get in there and build his game back. I wonder if the Leafs knew about that article. I don't know. Like, if I'm the Leafs, if he's battling or he's yeah. got these issues, like let's deal with them internally. I think it's also important to distinguish between dealing with a struggle, like I'm having a tough time with my confidence and a mental health thing. You know, which yeah. to me is like one is like a clinical sort of thing. And what are we dealing with here with Samsonov? Uh, I love this text and I want to read it. 
Stabbit. I absolutely love this show. I'm a 73-year-old woman who is not a TV buff, but don't get in my way when Kipper Bourne and Sammy <laughs> yes. are on. It is the joy of my day. Oh, my. Thanks, guys. Mom? That is a fantastic <laughs> Friday. I know. That is. That's a What's sweet her name? text. She didn't, way, my mom's not she didn't say. She didn't say. So if you are still listening, text and tell us your name so yes. I can say it. Thank but you so much. She put the show text. back on the rails. That's a sweet, yeah. sweet text. That's a great way to go into the weekend. So thanks. Really good. Any tea times for the boys this weekend? Well, I know you have one. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to try to get out next week for the last time. Whoever plays last is the real winner. From this show. Sammy plays first every year. He goes to Don Valley at about <laughs> in February and just plays. There's never cut the grass. The galoshes yeah. on, yeah. on down there. All right, give me a score in the outdoor game Sunday. 0-0 zero, zero to oh. a shootout. They just stay <laughs> on their own halves until everyone gets a point. Chaos. Like 6-4 Oilers. I think Flames win and the booze rain down at Commonwealth, baby. Ooh, that's yeah. quite the bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to take the Oilers. By a goal. And I think it'll I think it'll be greasy. Connor with a hat trick. He's in. Hey, let's hope. Seriously, I'm oh, I'm yeah. dead serious. Yeah. If he's healthy, play, but uh do not mess with the franchise and the face of the league if he's not. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Enjoy your weekend, enjoy your outdoor game, and we are back Monday. It's always real Kipper and Bourne.